0: Welcome back to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm really excited to jump into today's topic, which is preparing for a new baby. I have had so many people reach out to me and request that I do a podcast on this. Some first-time mamas that have no idea what to expect. Some mamas that have had multiple kids with all different birth scenarios and situations, Um, but I have just had a lot of you request that I talk about how I've prepared for this baby that's coming and the birth. And just kind of touch on different things regarding that. So I am going to attempt to tackle this topic. Now I will say, getting started, um, I'm I'm not even going to talk about the like obvious stuff like buy diapers, wash the baby's clothes, you know, decorate the nursery. Um, you can find blogs and a ton of information out there on that. So that's not really going to be the emphasis of this podcast. As I was thinking through, there is so much that goes into preparing for a new baby. And really, every family is unique. Um, Every situation is unique. The more kids you add, the different that preparation looks. For example, this is baby number four for us and This baby does not have a nursery. This baby does not have its own room that I am decorating and painting and choosing a theme for. It's a little bit different. So with that said you know, just it it looks different for every family. So I am going to touch on a few questions that people have asked me really specifically dealing with um, prepping for not even just baby, but for birth. So prepping for natural birth, um, prepping for a home birth, and then really just kind of sharing specifically how we are preparing for this baby. And I know that a lot of that. A lot of what I'm going to share is very unique to our situation and it might not even apply to you, but hey, maybe it'll just interest you to hear what we're doing in our household as we get ready for this sweet arrival of our new baby. Um. So, and another thing I need to say, I have done an episode sharing my birth stories. So that was last year, Brazzle Baby's birth stories. I am going to speak in this episode as though you have listened to that one. I don't want to repeat a bunch for those who have kind of been following me along the way. And so much of where we're at... With birth and natural birth and home birth, really comes out of my journey of all of my baby's births. So, if you have not listened to that episode, you want to go back and catch that one. That'll kind of give you an understanding of kind of where we are at. Um, But just a really quick recap so, my first two babies were born in the hospital. Um, I had an epidural with both of them. Knox was actually induced two weeks early. Because my body is really strange and it dilates like almost all the way six weeks before I have a baby. And then I will sit between like six and eight centimeters for weeks. Really strange. No contractions, no pain, nothing. I just dilate. And so, anyway, because of that, when I went for my appointment that was two weeks out from Knox's due date, I was at an eight and my doctor said, you aren't going to make it back to the hospital if you don't go over now. So he was induced. Um, I, I learned a lot through those two experiences. And then along comes Ivy. And I knew from past experiences and from a lot of research that we wanted a natural birth with her. Still planning on doing it in the hospital covid changed all of that as crazy rules were put into place and um, things that we really felt like encroached on our territory as the parents so last minute my doula said hey you're 6 weeks out but it's not too late to switch to home birth you again you'll have to go back and catch that episode that was not it was on my radar, not on my husband's radar. He did not want to do that at all, but we prayed about it. God led us to do a home birth with Ivy. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was an incredible, like one of my greatest experiences. I actually told Simeon, I was like, that might top our wedding day. And he's like, what? But it, it was so incredible. Um, Ivy's birth was fast, like lightning fast. It was in the middle of the night. From me waking up thinking, I feel kind of funny, to pushing out a baby was two hours. My midwife showed up with 10 minutes to spare. Um, So anyway, crazy, crazy story. But all of that kind of leads us to where we are with this little one. So I am due on Mother's Day. We'll see when baby decides to arrive, but I hope it's like smack on Mother's Day. I think that would be just the sweetest thing ever. But we are due with another little one. We cannot wait for this baby to arrive. We decided to not find out the gender. Simeon has always wanted to wait, and I am a planner. So I told him I would never even consider that until we had a boy and a girl so that I had clothes and things covered. Um, So we got our girl, then we got our boy. We considered it briefly with Ivy's pregnancy, um, but I quickly was just like, no, this is a terrible idea. I'm not waiting any longer than I have to. It was hard enough to wait till that 16-week ultrasound. But with this baby... I said, okay, let's just go for it. Um, so I'm I'm waiting to see when the baby's born if I'm totally wowed by that moment. It's been a very different pregnancy, not knowing the gender, not giving a name to the baby. We have a boy name picked out. We are in the very long process of picking out <laughs> a girl name. That's proven to be difficult. Simeon and I have very different taste in names. So finding something that we both agree on is getting difficult now that if it is a little girl, it will be girl number three. So um, anyway, we're we're working through all of that, but we're we're so excited about this little one on the way. My kids are so excited and it's been fun to see them be so involved, even in just like down to being surprised about the gender. I mean, Eden wants a sister, Knox wants a brother, Ivy just is excited about baby and so it's so it's been so fun for them to wonder you know do you think God's gonna give us a brother or a sister and you know honestly whatever God chooses for our family I know is his perfect choice and so we are happy either way we're just excited to find out in the very near future what this little one is but as we have been preparing for this baby um this is the first time that I have ever had a complete pregnancy with a midwife with home birth as my end goal. Um, so, and I, and I've done an episode. I knew, I know I did an episode recently with my midwife talking about the midwifery model of care. Um, so you can catch that episode. Um, but also just as I prepare for another natural birth, um, possibly another very fast birth, Ivy's kind of Like, totally blindsided me. I had no idea it would go from like zero to 180 in five minutes. Um, But I'm going into this birth more prepared, more ready. I'm really preparing my heart and my mind for birth itself. And, you know, I've shared this in other episodes that I've done about birth, but I really think it is sad how much we have allowed culture to influence our view of birth and um, especially as I talk to first time mamas there's just so much fear and dread and you know everybody has their trauma story that they want to share and oh my goodness you know just get whatever mas- medication you can to survive this and get through it as quickly and as fast and as easy as you can Um, and you know everybody has to do what is right for them and I know that even sometimes there are just circumstances that arise that you you don't get the birth that you have dreamed of for 9 months. Um but really I especially as Christian women I would love to see that stigma of fear and doubt and just dread of birth, I would love to see that removed because and and not even in this feminist way of, you know, oh, I'm woman, watch me birth, or you know, I can do anything that I put my mind to or this empowering mindset, again, that is so pervasive in our culture, not even not even that, but just leaning into the reality that, hey, God designed the female body. To bring forth life. And the amazing reality that, in a very physical sense, we get to mirror God's character of being the ultimate life giver, physically, spiritually. And so I, I think birth is beautiful. Um, birth is is hard. They, there's a reason it is called labor. Um, a lot of work goes into it. It is something that stretches you beyond what you think you are capable of. But God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And there is something so unique about experiencing God through that through being so vulnerable, so weak, every guard is down and really realizing I have to have his strength. But it is available to me. He has promised that it is there and he's created my body to do this. Um, so as I kind of lean into that, as I'm really preparing my mind, you know, it's been so interesting to me as I've been reading a lot about birth and studying a lot, doing a lot of research, the connection that fear has to the body. So fear is really in the mind, but the mind affects the body in in such unique and crazy ways. I'm reading this book now, and it's going through all the, whether it's your blood circulation or your muscle tension, all of these different aspects of the body that are negatively affected due to fear that is in the mind, and how that a lot of the things in the body that are adversely affected are things that you need to be working properly and doing what they're supposed to, what they were designed to do to have a smooth birth. Um so really just realizing that connection there and trying to prepare my mind, trying to prepare my heart um that I I don't need to be afraid of this. Actually, I'm really really excited. Like I am looking forward to birthing another baby. That's how blown away I was by Ivy's experience and it was painful. I Had to go through all of that, but just coming through, it was such a different experience than I had ever had before. And the Lord became so real to me through leaning on him um, my marriage was blessed as Simeon and I were in that vulnerable state together and as we worked through that together so I'm really looking forward to that aspect of it and trying to prepare my heart um you know I know there are a lot of like birth affirmation cards somebody asked me like what does your birth space look like well with Ivy it was such a short amount of time we didn't really get the birth space. I remember asking my midwife, like, why aren't you setting up my pool? She's like, uh, your baby's crowning. So we don't really have time for that right now. I've n- So, and then my other ones were in the hospital. So I didn't do anything to my birth space for this baby. I've been thinking through that. I know a lot of people have affirmation cards, and I've been looking for things like that. But so much of it is this just very um, this empowering, this feminist, um, this just I can do whatever I put my mind to. So I'm going to breathe deep and find the inner strength. And I didn't want that because I don't have strength in and of myself. Um, so I've actually created my own scripture cards that are verses that are encouraging to me. And then on the back side, I've put okay, this verse says. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. On the backside, it says, hey, God is my creator. He designed my body to bring forth life. Everything about the way he's designed the female body is in order to bring forth new life into the world and I can trust in him and I can rest in his perfect design and know that he will meet me there um so I have several of these cards that I'm working on so I'm planning on hanging those up in my my bedroom is my my birth space that's where we will be giving birth in our home birth um so I plan to hang those up on the wall first time I've ever done that but I'm excited about that let me put in a little bit of a plug here so I am praying through and thinking through and working through some details of actually making that an available resource in the No Higher Calling store. Um, So it would be a set of 15 cards with scripture on the front and just a promise to claim and a character of God that you can lean on on the back really nice beautiful um cards that you could string up on the wall that you could have to flip through even before birth to just root these things in your mind so that when the time comes where you're kind of out of your mind you can center yourself you can focus back on the truths that you have been investing into your heart your husband or whoever is there with you can h- encourage you you know remember this verse this verse has encouraged you through your pregnancy remember it now in this moment um so all that to say, if that is something that you're like, yes, I would be very interested in purchasing something like that. Shoot me an email at nohighercallingpodcast at gmail Send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know. I would love to gauge kind of like what the interest is before I take the plunge. And it's it's a little bit of a front end investment for us. So I just kind of want to know what the demand is for that. But I was talking to a friend recently and she, I hadn't even told her I was working on that, but she's pregnant too. She was like, I was looking for just like a KJV scripture resource to have as scripture encouragement for birth. And I couldn't find anything. And I told her, I was like, well, I'm working on something. So, Anyway, that's part of how I'm preparing my birth space, how I'm preparing my mind as far as other things with me physically. Um, I'm, I'm trying to exercise, especially as it gets warmer. Um, I, I love to take walks. I usually take a 30-minute walk a day. When I was with uh, pregnant with Ivy in those last like four weeks, I was usually walking for 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, um, and that was just a really good time for me to, one, get out and get some exercise to strengthen my body, um, but we would usually try to plan that whether I did it you know early before the kids got up or if I did it you know late after they went to bed or if daddy just kind of set aside a 30 minute chunk of time where hey I'm gonna to hang out with the kids you go out and walk and um, that was a great time for me physically to get the exercise but also spiritually to spend that time in prayer as I really just invested prayer into asking God to be with all the details of the birth the health of me the health of the baby Um, also drinking lots of water. I'm trying to drink a lot of water, doing my red raspberry tea, watching my diet. Um, I had never seen a chiropractor until my pregnancy with Ivy, and I saw him from six weeks out from my due date up until she was born, and he made such a world of difference in how I felt. You know, there were things that were out of place that I just thought, well, this is just normal pregnancy pain that I had dealt with for months, and one visit to him, and I'm like, oh, wow. That's gone. I feel great. Hence the reason why I would walk every day. I was like, I actually feel good enough to get out and exercise. Um, Ivy wasn't upside down, but she was kind of sideways towards the end. And one adjustment, he was able to get her to turn the day before Ivy was born. So Ivy was born at like 3 a.m. on a Thursday, the Wednesday afternoon before. Um, I went to see my chiropractor. He was like, when are you due? And I said, well, I was due on Saturday but I'm feeling like it, you know, I I wasn't having contractions, but I was like, I feel like really any day I could go. He's like, well, I'll tell you, you know, I usually, if I adjust women this close to their due date, I wouldn't be surprised if you had this baby within 24 hours. Well, he was on the dot, right? She came that night and she came so quickly. I really think that between the walking the adjustments and I bounced on a birth ball quite a bit. I mean, she literally was at the exit. All I needed to do was give a couple pushes to get that baby out. Um, so that's just kind of some of how I'm preparing myself. Um, and then, you know, obviously preparing baby, I said I wasn't going to get into a lot of that, but you know, that looks different for everybody, whether it's nursery and clothes and, you know, getting all those little details lined up for baby. Um, preparing our home. I'm trying to do a lot of freezer meals, especially freezer breakfasts. So my, my thought and Simeon has been so great to sit down with me and, and to talk through this. So I've I've always just jumped straight back into life in the postpartum period. Um, didn't really take much of a break. I just, you know, I had a baby and the next day I'm doing laundry and taking care of kids and back in the house. And I know that, you know, a lot of situations you just, you don't have the amount of time that you might like to just sit around and rest, but I've, been talking to Simeon about that the more I've been researching and learning what the body needs to recover and really even what baby and mom need to to bond to establish successful nursing like there really needs to be a period where Don't jump headfirst back into life where I do rest and heal. And even more so for us, because Lord willing, we'll be having an international move coming, you know, just a few months after baby's born. I I just told Simeon, I was like, I want to think through ahead of time to do all that we can for that month of May. I just told him, I was like, all I want to do is hold a baby. And I think some of that comes from the baby that we lost almost a year ago. You know, this is my rainbow baby. And I'm so excited. And by now, with my fourth child, I've realized you can't hold a baby too much. You're not going to spoil that baby. They are a newborn for a very brief window of time. So I did. I told him, I said, all I want to do the whole month of May is hold a baby. So what can we do to make that happen? How can we plan schedules? And obviously, I'm not telling him, you know, hey, you're going to be dad and mom for a month while I just sit and cuddle this newborn. You know, I know there are demands of life, but he's been so great about trying to work through things. All that to say, freezer meals. So I've been really working to prepare breakfasts because I know that if I have breakfast in the freezer, it's something easy that daddy can get up and get the other kids started with their day. He doesn't have to cook anything, but a good, decent breakfast, you know, it's not going to be Fruit Loops and then they're hungry in another 30 minutes, um, you know, hearty breakfast that he can quickly do. And that gives me a couple extra hours in the morning that I can catch up on sleep if it was a bad night or spend some time just snuggling and nursing my baby. Um, you know, and then I'll try to do a few freezer meals for like actually dinners and stuff. But I'm really leaning in more heavily into that breakfast because I thought if I can get the day, if we can ease into the day, then I can pick up as the day goes on. Um, but I'm working on that. Uh, you know there's been things even like with Eden I've been trying to teach her little things around the house that she can do um, that could be a help to alleviate some of the chores you know okay I can throw in the laundry or Simeon can throw in the laundry but hey she can get it out of the dryer and she can sort it into piles and she knows how to fold her stuff and put it away little stuff like that is such a help and again alleviates some of that on me so I've been kind of working through some of that I also um, am going to deep clean the house before baby comes. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to get dirty like the very next day. But like stuff, you know, the light fixtures that desperately need dusted, Um, things like that. We're going to really try to like tackle those things. So I'm not just sitting in bed looking around and being like, wow, this place is a mess. I need to get up. Um, But that's one way that I'm really trying to prep our home also, um, you know, in as I prepare, really spurt for birth specifically, I've talked about, about kind of the mental preparation as I'm spending a lot of time in prayer, spending a lot of time memorizing scripture, reminding myself of the character and promises of God that I can claim in birth. I um, talked a little bit about my birth space. My midwife provides us with a birth kit a couple weeks out, and that really has everything that they will need. So when they come, my stuff is already here. They do a home visit for like one of the last visits. so they know where your house is they know where you're planning on having baby and um, they kind of get you know the rundown of okay where's your coffee <laughs> and things like that. So they'll kind of help me set up some of that And then really just working through the pain management again um, I think again, so much of the pain is really rooted in the mind and if you can get the mind, where it needs to be and focused on where it needs to be, everything else is kind of affected by that. And I don't mean to say that and sound like new agey, but just the reality that the more stressed, the more fear, the more focused we are on the pain, the bigger that becomes in our perspective. Whereas when you are prepared, when you are anchored, and when you are just realizing, hey, this contraction is one step closer to that baby. So we're going to bear through it, we're going to get through it, and then I'm one step closer. Just kind of that perspective shift, really, in helping with pain management. Um, I will be interested to see how this birth plays out with some of the pain. With Ivy, for really that first hour, it was just kind of this strong, like, urge to go to the bathroom is how I will explain it. Cause that's how it felt. And then once we moved past, like, okay, I think that we might have a baby. Like I woke Simian up after an hour of that. And I was like, I think we might have a baby sometime today. Like you might want to like make sure the kids' bags are packed. Um, it was like that for maybe five minutes. And then all of a sudden contractions started to pick up for maybe about 10 or 15 more minutes. And then by like 30 minutes out from her birth, like it was just on the floor. I mean, I was pushing. Um, so as far as like pain management goes, it really went from nothing to I am pushing out of a baby. So I didn't really do a lot for pain management this time. I'm not sure if it'll go as fast or not, but I'm thinking through some of those things. Um, I would always recommend having a doula, um, but we're not with this one, just various different reasons. But I have some other people that are going to be there that I've kind of coached through on how they can help me. Um, Simeon is going to be very involved with helping me through that, whether it's reminding me of those scripture cards that I've been working to memorize, whether it's rubbing my back Or encouraging me, you know, I know the biggest thing that he did for me with Ivy, I knew beforehand, I told him, I said, I'm going to say I can't do this. And the moment I let that slip out of my mouth, if you don't stop me, I am, I'm just going to continue, like that's going to be my mantra until she's born. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I didn't want that. So knowing that about myself, I told him, I said, when I come to you and look at you instead, And tell you, I can't do this. I was like, you're going to have to get my eyes and look at you. I need my eyes looking at your eyes. And I said, don't do it harshly because I'll probably get aggravated at you. And I don't want to yell at you, especially when it's something that I've told you to do for me. I said, but as kindly and gently, but as firmly as you can, I want you to tell me you can do this because you were created to do this. And he did that. I will I can take you to the spot in our hallway where I looked at him and was like, I can't. And he, he said those very words. He said, you can do this and you were created to do this. And it was enough of a pull me out of my mental state that I was like, you're right. You're right. And I know that. And that didn't change the way I felt, but it, it rooted my mind back in the truth that I had invested. So even that helped me pain management wise, just re-anchoring I guess I keep saying that word but re-anchoring my focus in where it needed to be anchoring my mind back and realizing that you know a lot of Ivy's birth my body just took over and did it like I I, I didn't push with her like I had been pushing with my other ones. You know, my other ones, I couldn't feel it. So I was coached how to, bur- or how to push. And then I realized I wasn't even pushing the right way, which caused tearing and all these other things. But with her, it just got my body just did what it was designed to do. And, and it was amazing to get to experience God as creator and as maker and as perfect designer in that way. Um, And then I'm going to just wrap up this episode with how we are preparing our family. Because I know a lot of people have asked me, you know, tips for adjusting your kids to life with a newborn or with a new baby. And how do you do that? How do you work through that? Again, I feel like so much of that just varies from family to family. Some of that for us will look different than any family would ever even want it to look like, and that's fine. It's your birth, your family, you do what works for you, and I'm gonna do what works for me. Um, but really just one thing initially that I've done with all of my kids is as we're getting ready for a new baby, I really try to emphasize them being my helper because I know in those early days, so much of my attention is diverted to this new family member and that can leave the other kids feeling kind of neglected or displaced or like, okay, whoa, mom's attention isn't on me all the time. So it's helped so much me really leaning into, even beforehand, preparing them like, look, I need you to be my helper. You're gonna be big sister. You're gonna be big brother and these are some things you can do look in this drawer these are diapers so when baby has an explosion you can be the one you're gonna be diaper duty yeah you know I'm gonna take care of the diapers and then you know you can bring mommy a burp cloth Or you can, you know, sing to the baby or you can help mommy rock the baby. Um, Another thing that I've done, I've nursed all of my babies. So I've tried to use that nursing time as reading time with my other little ones. So while I'm just sit there, sitting there nursing a baby, you know, I'll say, "Hey, everybody, come around." You know, we're gonna read a book together. So that was kind of a special time where I was multitasking, um, but also including the kids and bringing them in. That happens frequently. Um, Baby is often hungry in those first few weeks, so we got a lot of like little snippets of time where we all kind of gathered, we all snuggled in, um, and we're able to spend that time together. I talked a little bit about working through schedules. That's something that, you know, Simeon and I have been working through. Um, this season is a little unique because so much of what his work is and some of our ministry stuff he does from home. So I get to have him actually in the home to help me a lot more. That's a blessing. Um, the other babies, you know, usually he would take a week off of work maybe and then he was gone. So it it looks different based on different circumstances. But with this one, we're really trying to work through our schedules. He has some projects. I have some projects. So even in these kind of past few weeks lining up to baby coming we've been trying to look at our schedules like okay maybe if I can get this done and then give you this chunk of time to get that done then we can have a lighter um, kind of just family (laughs) busyness in May Um, again different I mean something as simple as having freezer breakfasts, or just thinking through you know I told him the other day his parents have a pool and they're like 10 minutes down the road from us. So I told him I was like, you know, if you could maybe try to mentally like plan your morning hours that, you know, we can take the if you if you can take the kids swimming from like 10 to 12, they'll come back. I'll plan to have lunch. We'll have a little bit of, you know, morning basket, afternoon basket, I guess it would be time together. And then they're gonna be so tired. Because they've been playing outside and swimming, they'll sleep most of the afternoon, and then we can have a relaxed evening. And and like I said, this isn't going to be for like months on end. I'm really focusing just on those first four weeks after baby. Um, so we're kind of trying to work like, okay, how can we alter schedules so that maybe he takes those first couple hours up until lunch, and then I try to take over, you know, be right before nap, and then in the evening. So we're working through some of that within our home, but communication is always key, and I think. So much when it comes to having a baby, like often husbands want to help. They just don't really know how or what you need. So vocalizing, like, and, and that's what has happened with this baby. And again, I know we have some very unique circumstances just with the way our life looks like and even with some things that have happened. But I really feel like between the miscarriage on the front end and this move coming on the back end, I told him, I was like, honey, I just, I need a little bit of time where I just, it's. Everything else is off as much as possible and I'm just basking in my new baby. And so he's he's been very good to help me think through and kind of analyze our home and line things up to where that can happen. And I really feel like, the more I can lean into that postpartum season and rest and recover and take care of me, replenish me and take care of baby and establishing, you know, some good habits with baby. That is going to set us up then to have much better success in the months following than what I ever had with my other ones because I I never had postpartum depression with any of them but there was definitely some roller coaster emotions there was so much exhaustion there was feelings of I just can't take care of everything and I didn't want all of that to hit right as we are trying to prepare to move internationally because I, knowing myself I knew I, that was just too much I couldn't handle that and I don't want to go into that next season starting it out being discouraged and depleted and and struggling so, we're trying to work through some of that. So, all that to say, as you're preparing for a new baby, just communicate with your husband, you know, work with your family, look at your situation, what it looks like for you, what is your need, and see how best can I make this happen. And, you know, it's not always going to go according to plan, but having a plan is better than not having a plan. And then the last thing, as we prepare for the birth of this baby, that is going to be very different from most situations, is that we are planning on having our kids at home with us while the baby's born. Now, like I said with Ivy, um, the kids literally left like 20 minutes before she was born and it was in the middle of the night, so they were in their beds asleep. I should have just left them there. It would have been so much easier because of how fast Ivy came and thinking that this other one might be pretty quick, Lord willing, <laughs> just based on how my body works and some of the situation that we have with Okay, so like my sister-in-law, who was my go-to person for taking my kids, is going to have a baby a week after I am. So she's not available. Some different situations like that. It just kept coming back that it was much easier um, and not as stressful to have the kids stay here at the house. Um, We had already talked about Eden being involved in the birth. We wanted her to be there and to experience that with us. Um, and she is st- stoked about that. I'll touch more on that in a second. So I have a sweet friend that is um, in a little bit older and doesn't quite have the demands of work schedule and things like that. And so she's actually planning on coming to our house to be kid manager like that. I guess that's her official title. Um so, you know, if it's the middle of the day and I've been in labor and they need sippy cups or lunch, she's got under control. You know, if they need to play or is especially with Knox, like he's probably not going to be like in the room when the baby's born. So she'll kind of be the one helping him just so that he doesn't get too graphic of a scene since he is my little boy. Um, And then Ivy, I mean, she's a baby, so... You know, whatever. She won't remember anything. But I'll have my friend there to kind of help with her. Um, and then my mother in law has been there with me for all of my births. So she's going to be with this one. Um, she usually takes pictures. She might be doing that. I might be having a friend that's in photography do that. We just have to see how it plays out and how fast this baby arrives. But if my mother in law is not taking pictures, she's going to kind of be Eden's buddy. Um, so, yes. So we are planning on having Eden involved. Eden is my very scientific, um, very detailed, very like, mom, I want to know how babies come out and I'm not going to settle for God just made a mommy's body really special. Like I want to know. And so we've had some conversations <laughs> and she is so intrigued. She's really the whole pregnancy. She's been so intrigued and captivated by the baby growing and every week, you know, mom, what does the baby look like this week? And she doesn't want to see the like, oh, it's the size of a cantaloupe or whatever. She wants to actually see like the the actual picture of like this is what a baby looks like which was blowing her mind in the beginning like, that's a baby? Um. But, and my midwife group is great. They love families being involved. They love kids being involved. So she's been able to come to some of my appointments and they've kind of been educating her. Um you know, they showed her these pelvic bones and how the bones can move so that the baby can come out. And she's just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, my midwife suggested that we watch like some animal birth videos and some different things like that to kind of prepare her, give her some exposure. I and she's been all about that. Like we've watched tigers and gorillas and she wanted to watch birds. I was like, well, birds give birth a little bit differently than, than people do. Um, but she's just been so enamored with all of that. And, you know, I told her, I said, Eden, if, they, if it gets to a point where you're just uncomfortable or you're tired or whatever, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to force you to be in there. You're free to mill about as you want. And again, you know, that's where my friend kind of jumps in. She can help out some with that. Um, but I think she's she's pretty excited about being there. She already told me she said, Mom, I want to be the first one to hold the baby when it comes out. I was like, well, honey, how about you're the first kid? But, like, I'm the mama, so I get to be the first one. Um, But that has been a whole different element of getting ready for this baby that has looked different for us this time than it ever has before. And, again, maybe this is not something you would ever consider or, you know, you do you. But for us, we just, we knew that this was something that we wanted her to experience. I was able to be there for the birth of my sister, who is 10 years younger. So I was 10. And my brother, who's 15 years younger. And I enjoyed going into the birth of my first one. Though it was, you know, I, I had never experienced anything like that myself, Birth was not a completely foreign concept to me, um, and I'm so thankful for that. And that's what I'm hoping to accomplish for her or even in the future if God blesses us with more children, especially my girls, bringing them into that. And just letting them experience birth and letting them realize, hey, it's not this scary behind closed doors thing that, you know, you emerge in trembling and you come out wide eyed with the baby, you know, that it's just it's normal. It's exactly what God intended for the continuation of mankind. God's created us to do this. It's hard. Um, it can bring pain. But the joy that comes is worth it all. And it's just a natural part of life. And so that's what I'm really hoping to to let her get to see. And to let her get to experience. And hopefully it'll set her up for an even better birth experience if God so chooses to bless her with children someday. Um, so that... Is how we are preparing for this new baby. We are just over the moon excited. About this sweet little life that God has given us. Um, and I cannot wait to blow up your social media feeds. With pictures and announcements. And we can finally announce the name. And the gender. And introduce you to our sweet, sweet little baby. So I hope this answers some of your questions. Um, It might bring more questions. Actually, I will give you a sneak peek So in the next month, I believe, um, I have on the schedule, I am going to be doing an interview with my friend Rebecca Grant. She actually joined me for an episode in December, Simple Natural Living. And that episode has gotten so much positive feedback. So many of you loved that episode. Um, But her and I are very like-minded in a lot of things, especially in birth. Um, And she had a little boy. Oh, goodness, probably about four months ago, three, four months ago. Um, so she's kind of just coming out of that initial kind of postpartum period. And she's really been trying to lean into that and, and glean all that God had for her in that season. So as we've been kind of chatting about this, I told her, I said, I really want to do an episode on nourishing your postpartum body. That's something that I've never really done much in research and reading about until this baby. And the more that I read, the more I'm learning about how much you really need to reinvest into kind of yourself and your healing and um, just taking care of your body as you're recovering from birth, as you're setting up for a successful postpartum, as you're trying to establish nursing, um, as you're trying to Take care of yourself so that you can, in turn, better serve your family in that recovery period. So look forward to that interview coming in the next few weeks, Nourishing Your Postpartum Body with Rebecca Grant. I am looking so forward to doing that, and that'll really delve into more, um, you know, diet maybe touch a little bit on exercise, um, water, rest, just in those initial weeks, what are things that you need to do to set yourself up specifically for that postpartum period? Um, But anyways, thanks so much for joining me and I look forward to joining you ladies next week. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.